guys, so we're back. Look, I want to talk about what I've been doing this weekend, but before I do that, let me say what's up, Damage Blue. We're back. What a weekend. I mean, uh, the Super Bowl. I don't know. Did you guys watch the game? Because I was at a strip club with Floyd, and um, and I was masked up. I uh, didn't have any bodily contact with any strippers, but I was masked up uh, watching the Super Bowl from a strip club. Interesting. I'm jealous. When did this happen? Yes, a lot, Jason. On Sunday during the Super Bowl. Jason, <laughs> invite your boy. I would love to eat some wings, watch strippers in the big game. I'm just saying that sounds like a combo that I would like in on. That's the one you invite me to. Interestingly, there were no strippers actually at the strip club. It was just a bunch of people watching the um, Super Bowl. You know what's crazy? I'm learning that in this new world of trying to be fit and trying to be healthier, that you just can't go to Super Bowl parties without calling for, you know, calling ahead to make sure that there are vegan or safe options for people who are losing weight. Because I am now rubbing my body after the fact because all they served was pizza and wings. And that's just not good enough for me. Sorry. You can have protein. You can have some wings with no sauce. Have the sauce on the side. No, I just fried foods are just not it. You know what I mean? Like if somebody oh, like fried wings, okay. Transition. I've gone through the transition. I've you know I eat pescatarian for the most part. I have dibble dabbled a little bit in chicken, no steak. You know I'm down 107 pounds, but now I'm frantic because I'm stuck at 107 pounds down, and because I've stopped or I hit a, what they call a plateau. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. I'm texting people like, oh, my God, I'm going back, backwards. And they're like, shut the fuck up. You lost 107 pounds. Do you know what the trick is when you plateau is to actually binge and shock your body and then go back down? Trust me on this. You, 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 You need to. No, I'm serious. Look it up. It's called carb cycling. If you get too low with your calories, if you eat a bunch of food on a cheat day and then go back to your restriction, it shocks your body back into your metabolism, kicking back into high gear. I've done it several times um, in the me, past. I, I, try let it. Me, let, me, let me educate you both in the world of VSG. There's no such thing as binging anymore. You cannot binge eat on a stomach that has been reduced to this, right? So uh, oh, yeah, that's true. It's, not, it's not possible without throwing up. But here's the deal. I am not going, you know, I heard some people have had the surgery and then all of a sudden they lose all the weight and then they start binge eating or eating bad fatty stuff, sugars and all that. And then they, they blow up again. Let me be very clear. I'm not going there again. I'm not going to go there. Again. <laughs> I, I, I did have some sugar this weekend, which is the first for the last six months, seven months. I haven't really had sugar. I did have some sugar and in my mind is just, I'm in a guilt trip of my own. And so I'm trying to give myself some grace. I also want to say to the VSG family, those of you that are out there, that don't know what VSG is. I had the gastric sleeve. It's where they take your stomach and they minimize it. I didn't even know there was a whole world of VSG out there. There are people who are having this surgery because I've inspired you to do it. Let me be, oh, wow. be very talk. Let me be very clear and talk directly to you. If you are deciding to take control of your health and your weight, and you want to get the surgery because I have inspired you to do it, let me start by saying that you have to get your blood work done first. My doctor, mm. uh, my doctor was Dr. Marvin out of Houston, was very, very, very. Uh, responsible in in making sure that he guided me the right way. I had a, a call with him and my cousin, who's a nurse director, who made sure that I had the right anesthesia, that I had the right pre-op work, the post-op stuff, like my stay at the hospital. We went through an entire evaluation process. And I know Damage and Blue, we do this show, and we never know who we're, uh, who we're reaching and who we're inspiring. But I have mm-hmm. to tell you, a lot of you have reached out to me about having this surgery. I see that you've scheduled surgeries and I've seen some of you posting your before and after pictures. And also 
there's a person that I know who had the surgery after I told them about it, and they went out and had the surgery without having a a um, assessment. And they 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 although the doctor knew that they were uh, severely diabetic, they didn't do the blood work to make sure that she was even eligible for it, and she was not even healthy enough to have the surgery. She had the surgery and almost died. So I am telling you that I want to make sure if you're listening to me and you're thinking about having the BSG surgery or anything related to, you know, weight loss or whatever, you should do it, but you should absolutely do the work first and making sure that you're safe enough to do it because you can die having this surgery. That's real. That's real. I love that you said that because I think a lot of people see your your beautiful pictures and your Tatiana stories and they think it's all gravy, but these things are complicated and it is a medical procedure. It's not something like a waist trainer. You're actually going under. So I'm happy that there's that disclaimer out there because a lot of people do watch you and copy even if they pretend they're not. Yeah. And yeah. Go ahead, Damage. Go ahead, Damage. No, no, no. Go finish, finish your training because I want to talk about the strip club again. So finish, get well, your point out. I was going to also say, you know, a lot of people, they said, oh, well, let's see what's under those clothes. You remember I posted a little photo showing me with no shirt on. And even though I just started back in the gym yesterday, because I have been out, I ain't going to lie. I'm back in the gym now. And although I'm hiring a trainer, all that, I just found another doctor who I'm going to go and meet with when he gets back in town about, you know, just taking an evaluation neck to toe to see, you know, if there's any other massaging of the body that needs to take place. Because I believe, again, that although perfection is not the goal, I do want to get as close to perfect as possible. So I will keep you posted. I will be very transparent. And I might even release the photos and videos on my OnlyFans. I wish the Kardashians did this. I love this. Please be transparent. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. You know, they'll show you the Botox, but they ain't showing you the bow. And the talk, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, Jason, did you eat at all at this Super Bowl party, man? Walk me through it because this was a big Super Bowl. Unfortunately, Patty Mahomes, you know, he took the L. Black History Month, I wanted a black quarterback to win. But tell me about your Super Bowl experience because I know you're not really into sports like that. Mahomes is black, but he's like the white black. You know what I mean? Like, when you meet him, he's very much like, hey, guy. You know, um, he's he's not like what's up. You know what I mean? And his they call it an Oreo. Yeah. His his boyfriend, his boyfriend. Sorry, his Mm -hmm. girlfriend. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. no excuse here. His girlfriend is like really, really like you know shopping at Newberry's white. But look, they make a cute couple. Not whatever. And um, although I would have wanted him to win. He was going up against the goat. There was no way he was going to win. Um, but but let me ask you a first question. What did I eat? Uh, I did try to eat a chicken wing. I did not make me feel good. So I sat there and sipped on Tito's and tonic. Hey. Oh. Oh, okay. I was not expecting that. Guys, full, full disclosure, I'm from Boston. So you know that I'm happy about who won. I know that he might like Trump and he's problematic, but I am from Boston, Massachusetts, and so I am very happy about what happened over the weekend. You know, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something about Tom Brady because the fact that he got Antonio Brown a job again, I'm really questioning: is he really a Trump supporter, or because that is the the funniest move to make in his position to get Antonio Brown not only a job again, but also throw him a Super Bowl touchdown. That right there was a win for Black History Month for me. So salute to yeah. Tom Brady as well. 
that was that was one of the things that I said to Floyd. I felt that you know Tom and uh, what's the guy's name? The other guy that left the team with Tom. Oh, Grunk. Gronkowski. Grunk, Grunk something. Gronkowski, Gronkowski and, mm -hmm. and Tom leaving a winning team to go to a losing team, a loser team, to bring in A.B., who was basically, they tried to destroy him. And for the three of them to go there and win together, I thought was really good. Um, I, you know, I don't think that politics necessarily play a, a part in the game for me. I don't think that, you know, whether or not he Trump's, uh, supported Trump or doesn't support Trump. You know, I don't know if he was supporting the tax, you know, tax loopholes or if he was supporting the mm -hmm. racist policy. But I will say the one thing that also stands out for me is how silent everybody is on Colin Kaepernick still being unemployed. Uh, we have not talked about Cap. Nobody's really standing with Cap at this point because you're back to playing and watching the game. Nobody's taking a knee. A knee. Um, I do believe like now is the time to take a knee because you do have an administration that's a little bit more on our side. And I do believe that they would take themselves out of the equation when it comes to sports. Um, and I do believe that without him, without Colin having a game, having a, a job, I just don't understand how people have just mm. fully embraced the sport again. You know, if I was not there hanging out with Floyd, I probably would not have watched the game because I don't watch football anyway, you know? Yeah, I know. And I can't speak for everybody. I know a lot of people feel slighted the fact that um, when there was an opportunity for Cap to play again, some believe he did some kind of funny movements as far as when he was supposed to have that tryout and then he switched locations last minute. And there was a lot of people that took off to go support that tryout that was also caught in that crossfire, whatever Kaepernick was trying to do. So I know there's kind of some mixed feelings out there on the support for Kaepernick. I'm always going to ride for Cap, but I do know that's out there. Mm -hmm. I'm still well, thinking about that great video of uh, Tom Brady drunk after he won. There's a video that's viral. Him drunk after a win is how I want to feel all 2021. Please look that video up. It's amazing. Listen, when you win seven championships, you know, I think Ooh. he's 40 now. I think he's he's like, you know, he's in his 43. 40s. 43. 43. 40s. He looks great. I mean, that's, you know, I don't, I don't fuck, I don't, I don't play with pink, but if I was to date a white man, um, you know, he would have to be as clean cut on the outside, but probably hoish like Tom is on the inside. I don't know. I mean, I'm just glad that that he won. Uh, I don't really care about Mahomes winning or losing. He got, I think, $500 million contract. He fucking won yes, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I didn't really invest that much in it. Now, the weekend, his performance. See, this is where I struggle. Once I get somebody's number, I don't want to lose the relationship. So I'm like, ah, eh, it was trash. Now, the thing about it is there's just no way that anybody can say that the weekend's attempt to wow us wowed us uh the only silver lining in it that i could see is that he told me his his homelessness to hollywood story and the fact that he didn't have anything and went became homeless to the super bowl halftime show he's a winner to me but um yeah i don't know i i think he should have <laughs> He definitely should have had supporting acts, you know? He spent $7 million for a bad production. Do you feel like the production was bad? Like, I thought the production the, I was, was the not only good part about it. He spent $7 million for us not to be entertained. I'll just put it that way. Well, the production quality was good, but there, you know, I need to do my, I, did, I need to do some cliff notes for you, Weekend, because I should have choreographed your performance. I think right. had you come out, you know, when he had the glasses, he had the Michael Jackson, Ma uh -huh. Michael Jackson. Look, there was a moment where he could have threw the glasses with a little bit more 
throw to it. You know what I mean? I think when he was uh, on the field and all the dancers had masks, I thought that that was socially responsible because of COVID. Yes. But overall, I think it was too many slow songs or slow beats for me, and it was just it was it wasn't it wasn't what I was looking yeah. for. I've I, seen I'm more entertaining big... TikTok videos. Actually, I've seen free TikTok videos that were more entertaining than the seven million that he paid out of his own pocket, Jason and Damage, out of his own pocket. But I like that. I like the fact that he invested in his own production because that's what you saw. You know how much money I've invested in this shit? I, I not seven million dollars. But if I but but if I if I had seven million dollars to invest in it, I mean probably wouldn't because I don't need to. But <laughs> in that moment, you are in front of 150 million people, you're in front of the whole world. It's the biggest moment of his career. He absolutely should have invested that. I felt like that's the best he could do. I'm not the biggest Weekend fan, but when I watched it, I was entertained. Uh, was he the best performer? No, he's not the best performer. But I loved seeing so many black people getting the job on that Super Bowl platform. Um, I loved all the money. he. I, I see the money well spent. I seen the money in the production. Um, was his voice powerful? No. I mean, like I said, it's the Weekend. He gave me what I thought he was going to give me. But like you said, Jason, I love his story overall. So that's why it was like still a win for me because I know where the weekend came from. But a lot of those Super Bowl performances, when I'm watching them, I don't really give a fuck. It's like, eh, unless it's like Beyonce, Michael Jackson, um, you know, certain people that really killed it. Outside of that, it's all kind of like watching paint dry. I mean, last year, J-Lo and uh, Shakira killed it. The year before that, you know, I went to the Super Bowl when Lady Gaga performed. That was kind of a snooze fest, too. Uh, I, I, I think, I don't know if it was at the time, I think she had like a little, she had like a little um, fupa. Ah. No, she had so, been smoking a lot of weed and eating a lot back then. Yeah. She did a whole interview about how she was just, you know, getting high and eating. Yeah. Maybe too many chicken wings at the time. I don't know, but I wasn't really impressed with Lady Gaga. Uh, even her jumping off the stage at the end, I was like, okay, girl, whatever. Uh, and she had no new music. It was all old stuff. But I will say watching J-Lo, Beyonce, Michael, Prince, you know. Did you Bruno, like Katy Perry? I don't, I don't know her. She had a really Doc, massive performance. Talking about production. That hers was, was the highest um, rated in history, I think. I think it's one of the highest rated Super Bowl performances in history was Katy Perry. So I didn't watch yeah, the it. The bar was high. Yeah. I mean, I think Miley Cyrus could have probably did better. Uh, she could have came through like a wrecking ball. I, I, think, I think Miley could have killed it. I think that I'm looking for the Beyonce level production. I'm looking for the yep. Beyonce level vocals. I'm looking for the Beyonce level uh, energy. Even she brought out Michelle and Kelly for five minutes. So I don't know. For me, I, I could have did better. All right, look. Now, the internet has been on fire this week, and I don't even know why you guys are fucking with Halle Berry. She is grown, Oscar, booed up, and just not even worried about the black Twitter and social media. But either way, uh, she set the internet on fire this week uh, after reposting a statement on Instagram that shocked everybody. This is what she said. She posted something that said, women don't owe you shit, and that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. Now, everybody knows that I know know Mary's lamb personally because I've been talking a lot about the lamb. And I, I didn't know that that was a big issue. And then a lot of people, I guess, agreed with it. There were some people that didn't agree. Some people uh, clapped back. One person said this, which I thought was really crazy. The person said, uh, says the woman who can't keep a man. And Hallie said, who says I want to keep the wrong man? I mean, she, she got a point. Uh, so what do you guys think? I mean, I don't think that, I think that a woman can say, that she doesn't owe a man shit. 
and it's okay. If she if a man takes you to dinner, you ain't got to fuck him. If a man gets out of prison and he been writing you all the years he was in there for robbing his grandma from her pocketbook, you don't owe him a place to live. If a man needs a car because somehow he now wants to work for Postmates and he only has a scooter, guess what? You don't have to give him your credit. That nigga just got to ride his scooter. Women don't owe y'all broke, nasty, no having nothing as dick in the booty ass on the side niggas. Shit. And that is my final thought. <laughs> okay, okay, feminist Jason. Wow. Come I know on, I brother. love this. I, I, I love that she said this. Part, part, part of that is because I'm gay and a woman can't give me anything anyway. But <laughs> but, but still, but still, I don't I still don't believe. Like I have five sisters that have all worked hard to be independent women, and whether they're married or dating, they don't owe their nigga shit. They 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 well, owe their man keep well, they owe the same energy. That's what they owe. My my thing is, as a man um, that likes women, if you're doing something in the um, for the purpose of getting something back, or you're only doing because you're trying to have this this weird kind of uh, reciprocity, then you're already doing the wrong thing, right? Like I'm not going out, especially this is Valentine's Day weekend. I'm not doing something for me to go. Oh, I did this, that, this, that, and you didn't do anything back. That already makes you a fuckboy. So at the end of the day, she's right. Women don't owe us anything. If I step out and I ask you on a date, that's because I wanted to do that. That's a weird kind of manipulation to ask you to do something and then get mad if you don't do what I secretly wanted you to do. So yeah, and to, and to piggyback on that, that's not even reciprocity. That's transactional. There you um, go. So if if you, if you want a transaction, get a prostitute. Sex workers are great at that, and they won't mind it. Um, there's nothing more unattractive than an entitled grown man because now you're looking at a boy. I remember one time I was at a bar and this guy literally walked up and bought me a drink and walked away. And I was so aroused. I was like, well, he well, doesn't well, want... Well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So, um, at that point, what? that's an investment. That's an investment, though. Like, again, keep the same energy, right? Keep the same yeah. energy. Valentine's Day and I take you on a trip, you're going to at least let me fuck you because, I mean, it's not that you owe it to me. But in the sense of keeping the same energy, you got a trip. I got some ass. We're both happy. But right? what if but that's the person the transaction. feel that's transactional? What if the person really appreciated it but doesn't feel like fucking that weekend? Then you could have appreciated it on Zoom. And, and 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 this is why I say that, right? Because although you don't owe me sex because I'm doing nice things for it, well, no, nah, you owe me sex. You know what I mean? Because look, Jeez, women. No. No, wait, wait, hey, wait. hey, you turning around. For example, am I really though? I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe yeah, I don't. You are. I'm really thinking. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the deal. If a woman or a man, it's the gay or straight, whatever, if you're courting somebody and you're mm -hmm. investing in them and they're intentionally playing you because they like the benefits of your association, that's mm -hmm. bullshit. But yeah. as you're getting to know somebody, if your intention in doing nice things for them, because maybe that's your love language and that's not with the expectation of getting anything, that's cool. But at some point, I'm telling you, even though it's not an implied, ex I mean, an expressed expectation, there is an implication that if I'm treating you really good at the end of the rainbow, better be a fat ass pot of gold ready to get fucked. And that's on Mary Had a Love. But that's, that's the thing. Women know we're trying to have sex. The women know we want the vagina. So some of them are not going to just jump out there and, you know, try to, you know, do the reciprocity thing, right? They're going to see how really where you stand and really do you like me. So I can see what she's saying. But once again, as a man, if you're only doing nice stuff, 
because you you know you're trying to get something at the end and you're doing fuck boy shit. That's just what it is. Like you're not intention moving matters. Honesty. The intention yeah. matters more than the action. Two people can do the same thing, and one is a fuckboy, and one is a regular good person based on intention. So it's not even the action. It's why are you doing it? If you're doing it because you want mm. to, you might get some ass early. I've had people do nice and, things and, for me and unexpectedly got some ass before they even expected it. So it, it intention be, matters. I also think you could be a nice fuckboy. I think both can exist simultaneously. Um, I I know many nice fuckboys, and that uh, I've dated them, and I've I've sp- I've done trips with them, and I've taken them shopping. Right, so it it does happen. That. Now listen, somebody that I know had a lot to say, and and I know why he said this, but I'm just gonna go ahead and set it up. Prince, aka he goes by Poppy Rose. Uh, from Love and Hip Hop Miami. He agreed with Halle Berry, took to his Instagram, and this is what he said. I don't know who needs to hear this, but just because you let a woman stay with you, take her out to eat, buy her gifts, get a flight, don't mean she owe you shit. And ladies, just because he does or the bare minimum, that don't mean you obligated to do shit either. Now I'm going to tell you what Poppy Rose trying to do. Poppy Rose trying to fuck Halle Berry because, you know, she's a cool It might work. Yeah, but even though no, she got a man. Hallie ain't giving the pussy. If if Hallie fucked him the way she did in Monsters Ball, I'll give her a goddamn gagging Oscar. No. But do you agree? Oh. Do you agree that? Do you agree, Damage, as a, as a heterosexual man, that if you pour into a woman uh, financially or otherwise, that she needs to pour into you vaginally? <laughs> yes, actually, that's where I agree. But I think it goes back to what Blue was saying. It's all about intentions. If I just do that as a person, uh, that's great. But if I know I'm only doing this, I would never do this if I didn't think I was getting vagina. That's where it goes into fuckboy territory, right? If that's not who I naturally am, I'm just trying to pretend to be this giving and flight buying guy. And then when it don't go my way, I just make a hard left turn. That's whack. That's lame. So I, I get what's all being said here. But, you know, I do feel like, okay, ladies, like you could give back. Like it's nothing wrong with reciprocating when you feel like the energy is genuine. Well, again, it's reciprocating when it's willful, when it's something that you want to do. It's transactional when it's forced or implied that it's entitled. I still mm. think that guys who do it from a good place get asked a lot quicker than guys who are sitting around waiting. Because we can feel it when you guys are being conniving. We don't say anything because we're watching you because women don't call things out early. But we can feel the difference. So, again, I know several people who did not expect sex from me and got some because they had good intentions. You guys aren't calling things out early because you guys are more conniving than men. And the other thing, <laughs> and the other thing is, isn't sure. every relationship transactional? Like your job yeah. is your job. You do your job. They pay you. Everything is transactional. You go through the toll. You give them money. They let you through. Everything is transactional. Why is it when it comes to sex <laughs> that we put this moral standard on it that, you know, tipping somebody is wrong. Like I go to different countries and when you go, you know what I mean? After they give you a blowjob, they're like, Poppy, you know, I mean, it's not that a bad deal if you just send them home with a parting. You know what I mean? The answer to your question is everything is not transactional. And we're assuming that men are the only ones who want the sex. In most of my relationships, I like sex more than my partners. Like a lot of women have high libidos. So it's not even about wanting sex and bartering sex. It's about, do I feel safe with you? So Mm. it's not like, oh, one party wants sex. And so they're trading it off for goods and services. It's if I feel safe, you're going to get some. And if I don't, and I think that you're a fuck boy, you're not. So it's not just about transactions. Well, and Hallie, if you invite a man, and Hallie, if you invite a man to dinner, and I'm talking directly to you, Miss Barry, 
if you take a man to dinner and you offer him the world, you need to pay for that world. You have the coin. I'll tell you right now, Halle Berry, if you invited me to come to your house for dinner, you're fucking paying for that shit. You owe me that. Now, if you do, oh, you, oh, oh, I'm going to tell you who else you owe. You owe Angela Bassett an apology for her not getting that Oscar uh, for uh, what's love got to do with it. Cause that, well, anyway, that's, that's, that's above me now. And Mary had a little lamb. That's every, that's every button on my gagging noise pad. It's just everything. I love you, Hallie. That is. I love you, Hallie. We are one degree of separation, so uh, I think Hallie Berry is wonderful. One thing that I did like that she said is, who said I was trying to keep a man? We need to let go of this idea that being single is the worst case scenario. Having a dusty man is worse. So I love that she pointed that out. A dusty Negro is much worse than being single. I'm glad you brought up that point because I totally, totally forgot to address the other point that I wanted to. I'm so sick of you women tearing each other down and then be complaining when you get tore down. This woman was minding her business and posted something that she thought, and you had to go point out that she lost, that she can't keep a man. David Justice used to beat the shit out of her. I'll say allegedly because I don't want to get sued, but we all saw the shit play out in front of our lives, right? Eric Benet was having sex with women behind her back and cheating on her after she put him on a pedestal and actually gave him a better look than any dread he's ever had attached to his scalp has ever done. So when you look at the men that she has been with, you can argue that she hasn't chosen the best men, but why is that automatically her fault? Why is it always the woman's fault? Maybe these niggas were just fuck boys, and then she just didn't want to fuck with them anymore. Stop being hard on each other and then expecting us men to respect you because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to get mad at me for throwing a drink in your face, then stop shading each other and attacking each other because they're both wrong. Yeah. So I've been forgiven for mine. Now, do you need to be yeah. forgiven for yours? I want to piggyback because it's like if a woman stays in a bad relationship, they call her stupid. But then when she leaves a bad relationship, it's like, oh, she can't keep a man. It's like, ladies, let's just love each other, right? Like, that doesn't even make... You say she can't keep a man like they left her. She left them. Yeah. (laughs) And and honestly... Because... Wait, pick a struggle because... Pick a struggle because half of you are still sleeping with that man that you know has a boyfriend on the side. And some of you have accepted... That your man is walking around with a Boost mobile phone and, and or an Obama phone, and then you're going to work every day while he lays in your house eating TV dinners, texting that bitch three doors down in apartment 2D. I'm telling you, you you that? all have you what? all have fucked up shit. No, because you know it's always it's always bitches with gorilla glue in their hair talking shit about the next bitch. That's my problem. I will say that was a very specific <laughs> example, Jason. Hey, and you, uh, hey, uh, hey y'all, you forgot the third guy that she left. Her ex, Gabriel Aubrey, she in the same comment section of that post called what he was doing extortion because he's getting 16k a month to co-parent and live a lifestyle that he has never lived before. So the last guy that she was seriously with is extorting her for 16K a month for a child that she still takes care of. So yeah, I would choose being single over that too. 16K a month. And Hallie, and Hallie, anything I say on this show is strictly for ratings. I love you. I never meant to disrespect you. So don't be like Megan Thee Stallion and not come on our show. Please come. Please come. And I promise we you, you, we will foot the bill to come on live. TV. I mean, it's just the Zoom. You ain't even got to pay for shit. Like, all you got to do is just log in. 
All right, look, speaking of login in, I logged into my Instagram the other day and saw that I might uh, be gainfully employed because Nick Cannon and Viacom CBS recently reunited to bring back Wild and Out. So I'm so happy because, you know, Nick had pissed off the whole Jewish community. Baby, he, he, he was uninvited from Hanukkah. Everything related to Jews, good banking, good credit. He was he, he fucked it all off. But uh, but I knew that that, you know, he was going to get the job back. And I'm going to tell you why. Viacom, although they penalized him and publicly shamed him in order to preserve, you know, their Jewish roots. Uh, you know, the woman that owns it is, is Jewish. Uh, and it was a stupid thing to say, Nick. You know, that was dumb to say on your podcast, Cannon's Pass. But, you know, we all know that 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 uh, Nick Cannon is one of the most amazing people in the industry. He does a lot for black people. He does a lot for the culture. He is such a creative person who's broken barriers for a lot of people of color, color including myself. He came on this show, gave me a job on Wild and Out. And, and I think that what they forgot was that Nick had built this billion dollar brand that the culture had bought into that many careers have spawned out of. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was one of, if not the biggest show on the network and Nick owned 80%, I believe of the show. So just firing him and trying to hire DC young fly allegedly or whatever, you were going to lose a billion dollar brand. So they had to bring him back. And I'm, and, and I think for me, the lesson, there's a couple takeaways. One, don't say dumb shit like Nick did. And if you do make sure you own everything and that, or that you're ready to lose everything. And two, uh, when you do make a mistake like Nick did, own it like Nick did, and then be able to come back and and uh, and uh, repair the relationship. Lastly, I'll also say another lesson. There were a lot of you on Wild and Out that I share the the stage with that didn't stand for Nick. And I promise you, if he brings you back, that's because he found a bitch tendency along the way. There's some of you that don't deserve to share the stage with that man. Anytime somebody goes through a storm and you don't stand there with them, you don't deserve to be in their life. Now, Nick is such a nice guy, and I know he's going to he's going to somehow make it uh, right for everybody to be made whole and come back. But I would say that if you did not stand with Nick Cannon in that storm, because I was one of the first people, DC Young Fly was one of the first people to post that you do not deserve to stand on that stage. You do not deserve a check, and I don't give a fuck what. The fans say because the fans don't determine loyalty. We do. And there's something that we do at Wild and Out that the fans don't get to see. And I'm going to tell you what it is. After we go through hair and makeup and, and clothes and some of y'all smoke or whatever, we pray together. And Nick has instilled in all of us that we come together in a circle before every single show and put our hands together. We touch one another's hands and we pray as a group. And in that prayer, he's always praying about how we are fruitful and how we are able to uh, go on that stage and deliver for our audience. And our audience stood up for us and some of you bitch niggas did it. And for that, you don't deserve to come back. A hundred percent agree. Nick Cannon is, I know a lot of people behind the scenes who've had business dealings with Nick Cannon. Nobody has a single bad thing to say about him as a man and as a person. And so I just thought it was kind of disgusting that somebody that's poured so much into the community, particularly the black community, there are so many influencers, people who have their own brands now that we found out about because while not became a launch pad for dozens and dozens and dozens of careers. So for someone to not just be winning for decades, Let's be clear, he's been in this game for decades, but to be winning for decades, to have such a great reputation as a man, as a business person, and to bring his community along with him. And when he goes through something, you guys, it's crickets. I think that's disgusting. And I think that Nick was afforded with the ability to see who his real friends are. So 
-hmm. behalf of all generous hearted people out there, it really saddened me how many folks didn't have his back when he was going through like that really dark time last year. And I'm happy he's winning again because he has a lot of mouths to feed, babies and business wise. But um, yeah, it was very revealing about who his real friends are. And I hope he took note. He's a Libra. They like to hold grudges. I hope he has a list of who to call and who to block because it was very telling. Man, I, I feel like it's a celebration. I love what both of y'all said, but I feel like when you look at Nick Cannon and his story and what they were trying to do to him at Viacom, right during this time of Black History Month, to see that they couldn't take this man's uh, intellectual property away from him. They tried to replace him. They couldn't. This machine couldn't keep going without Nick Cannon. And as much as that, I'm sure they did behind the scenes, and I'm sure y'all heard more than I heard, that the fact that they came back around and go, we have to work with this guy this shows that us as a community, we're growing, we're actually uh, creating some kind of power for ourselves. And salute to Nick Cannon, because like you said, he's helping out the community. He's created a launch pad for other brands, other people that's in the game. So I'm super excited. I feel like this news um, happened at the best time during Black History Month. And then listen, Nick Cannon just doesn't do a lot for the culture and Black people with, with giving jobs, because I want to be very clear that um, my respect for him is not because I get a check from him. He as a as a as a single father and how he still co-parents with Mariah, his two children, who, by the way, are superstars in the making. They have lots of good energy and they're smart. The way that he uh, has, you know, continued to be a good uh, uh, participant in his community and giving back and making sure that he's supporting a lot of people. I mean, I talked to WAC 100 who wanted to do a business and I'm not going to get into his business. He can come here and say that. But he asked Nick to support him. And and he offered Nick uh, some equity in the company. And Nick was like, no, nah, I just want to help you because I want to help you. The same with coming here. You know, I watched, uh, speaking of Viacom, you know, Nick tried to create a spinoff show called Wild and Out Unlocked, where we did like an after show uh, interview uh, with the celebrity guest. We actually shot uh, it behind the scenes. You know, the thing I love about Nick is that he don't fuck with nobody. And I feel like as a man, he has the right to say whatever his opinions are, even if the way he delivers them is, was uh, ridiculously negligent. Now, there should have been an opportunity for Viacom to come to the table and have a conversation with him about what he said and make it a teachable opportunity to show how when you have inclusion over it matters that are very challenging to one culture or another, that we can be a bridge. Viacom could have been the bridge. The reason why I left Viacom is because they weren't able to see me more for than for more than a stereotypical black gay man, and and where Viacom's cancer lies is in the veins of its creativity and relationship with our community. And I can tell you that you can continue to have your shows where people come together and beat each other up, or try to pivot the shows that have always done it. Because them even trying to say love and save love and hip hop right now is less about wanting the love and hip hop family reunions to come together and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's another very major brand that they profited millions and millions of dollars at the at the risk of the black community getting another black eye on how we treat one another. And so now they're trying to pivot. Let's keep Nick Cannon. Let's 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 uh, manipulate love and hip hop now. But what you can't manipulate is the audience. And now that I'm on the other side and now that I'm in the audience, I'm asking for real change at Viacom. Invest in real programming that hits at the heart of the black community and stop playing on the emotions and the uh, unwillingness in your mind of our community not wanting to evolve because we're ready. We've been ready. Where are you? I don't think you're ready. So Nick, uh, welcome back. I'm so happy that you're there. Although I left Viacom, I have already passed along the note that I will show up one more season to finish out my contract and have your back. 
And anything you need from me forever, I will always be there for you because you were there for me when Viacom wasn't. Now, another person apologizes, and this is a topic that I too feel emotionally, uh, I feel away, and I'm sure I'm going to piss some people off. Kiki Wyatt recently was on an app that I'm on now, Bigo. I'm the king of Bigo over there. I got a whole tiara, and I recently brought uh, um, um, uh, Tiffany Haddish and Amber Rose and different friends on the platform. Vinny from uh, Jersey Shore, I brought him there. They're all in my agency. Uh, I'm over there on Bigo doing my thing because I heard there's a lot of action jumping over there. And Kiki Wyatt, you know, she's one of the most amazing uh, vocalists, recently caught a lot of backlash on the app because she jumped on and got into a whole conversation claiming that blacks aren't the only oppressed people when it comes to colorism, that blacks actually oppress biracial people. And during her rant, she called another black user a monkey and social drug her for filth. If you missed the video, let me show you. When you talk, I have been nothing but quiet and respectful. I have been nothing but quiet and respectful to you. I have been nothing but quiet and respectful to you. So can you you let me talk? I don't understand. Okay, pro-black. All right, praise God. Go ahead, sweet sugars. (laughs) You are so pro-black, and it's okay to be pro-black. Well, if you're not even letting me talk, so I don't even understand where you are, because I feel like you're being sarcastic. I'm I'm not being sarcastic. So can you let me talk? You have to understand, black people are not the only people that have been oppressed. So if you would let me talk, that would be... ones, my nigga. Jewish people have been oppressed, okay? (sighs) Well, I can keep, I can keep going. I'm biracial, damn it. We fucking oppressed. Because black people that made us feel like shit. White people make us feel like shit. You don't know that life. You don't know that. So if you want me to be an ignorant ass nigga, I will tonight. I don't want to go there. Now, let me first say that there's a lot there to unpack, right? Um... First thing, I love Kiki Wyatt. I think she's an amazing singer. When I did that party with Whitney Houston the night before she passed away, Kiki was actually one of the artists who performed. And I learned a lot about her that night because I didn't know who Kiki was before that night. Uh, That was back in 2012. That was also Milan Christopher who was on Love & Hip Hop. And he and I both talked on Beagle about that interview. And, you know, colorism is a very sensitive subject. And I'll be honest with you. I've had my battles with uh, colorism and the whole conversation around colorism here on this show, because I'll be honest, quite frankly, before I started this show, I didn't even know what colorism was. I knew that black pe- I knew that white people didn't like me because I was brown skin, whether they thought I was Latino or black. And I knew that black people didn't treat me with respect often at times because I was light skin and I guess had privilege. And I, I'll say that um, to Kiki's point, I'll start there. I think that there is a lot of credibility in what she's saying that that biracial people that there is a certain level of uh, oppression and 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 uh, disconnection from both black and white and them being connected to us as we go through our journey in life because people don't understand that we're getting it from every um, angle. And then on the other side, there's the there's the whole idea that you know the Black Lives Matter movement is not about any other movement when it comes to talking about the Black Lives Matter music movement. So to talk about the Jewish community or any other community doesn't really matter. Now, talking about the spectrum of light versus dark and all of our experiences with an issue that we didn't even create, that white people created, I think is is really, really, really difficult um, uh, difficult thing to unpack. Blue and I was recently on Revolt's Black News. 
with Ebony K. Williams. I was very, very vocal in that interview after right. the interview, and even before, even during, which was edited out, that had I known that was an interview for that topic, I would not have been there. Why? Because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. There's people that are going to watch the show and say, you called OG ugly, you did that because she was dark-skinned. No, I told you I did that because she was ugly to me, and I have the right to have my own preference. Some people are going to say, well, you you only like light-skinned Dominicans so or light-skinned guys with green eyes and tattoos, so you're a colorist. No, I like light-skinned niggas with tattoos and green eyes, but I also like real black niggas too. So at the end of the day, I've learned that when you talk about colorism, you got to do it in a place that is that is created in a safe way to make sure that every angle of it is unpacked and that everybody is represented. And so that's that's that. And the other part is as a biracial person, I am on a clubhouse also. And there's a group that Amber Rose goes in frequently called Mixed with Black. And it's a bunch of mixed people. And when they invited me to that room, when they pinged me in that room, I said, I don't know, Amber, because I really don't even know how to in, how to enter this conversation because I don't want to be seen in a room full of mixed people talking about mixed people shit. But as I listened to it, it was more about light skin or mixed people sharing their experiences as mixed people in the world in a space that I had never heard because I don't sit around with my mixed friends going, what's your mixed issue? What's your issue with black people? What's your issue with white people? I just, I, I'm focused on the money and on growing and on getting out of here so I can retire at 50. So this was a, this was a thing that I really didn't know where to go with it. And then, um, of course, Kiki has since gone on the the uh, the show on Fox Soul Cocktails with Queens, and she uh, talked about it in an emotional way. And this is what she said before we unpack this blue damage. This is what she had to say. I I want my sisters to know that I love them, and I am sorry down to my damn bone marrow if I hurt. I go. It's all right. Hold on. I did not mean to diminish our Black culture at all. And I love you guys because you guys have been behind me in my career. And I don't know, Blue. You know, you you and I shared the conversation over at Revolt. What do you What do you think about just all of this? Uh, by the way, shout out to Ebony K. Williams. You know, I am obsessed with her and love her. So I love that we were able to have that conversation with her. Um, as for Kiki, what I kept thinking is that two things can simultaneously be true. Her pain, which is obvious, is valid. But the fact that she diminished the conversation that was being had is also valid. What I saw was misdirected pain and anger. Like she has a good reason to be angry, but aiming it at black people talking about black issues is not the place or the time to be directing that. And so she was diminishing it because if I was sitting around talking about in a cancer support group about how my mother has cancer, the last thing I want you to say is, well, my cousin has AIDS and that sucks too. And like, sis, that's true, but that's not what we're doing right now. And when people do that, they're being very all lives matter, whether they recognize it or not. So my heart goes out to Kiki because I don't believe that colorism conversations 
has to innately be light versus dark. For me, as somebody who's pro-black and who has a, an interesting ethnic background, I personally believe that any conversation around colorism to be responsible has to be pro-blackness against anti-blackness, which means if you are pro-black, you're on my side. If you're anti-black, you're across the street and there's nothing else separating us but those two tenants, right? Nope. So for me, her making it light versus dark or biracial versus full black or biracial versus white, she already lost me because... If we're all in this together to dismantle it, you can't be pointing fingers at people who are allies and equally oppressed. So that's where she lost me. But my heart was out there. I want to highlight. I want to highlight something else that you something that you just said because you said it on Black News too, and I think that that was really important for people to get. And I and I appreciated you saying it there and saying it here. You said you said it's what versus what again? It's pro-black versus anti-black. So if you are for black people, then I'm with you. Before we, wait, wait. Before we break that down, why can't our people get that? You know what I mean? Like, as black people, we get to have opinions, right? Um, I'll give you an example. You see on Clubhouse, there's the whole ADOS or ADOS movement versus whatever, or blacks versus black Americans versus Africans. Why do we have to continue to have these conversations or narratives that pit us against each other when the whole fucking world is against us anyway. Why? Exactly. I mean, it stems from slavery. I mean, that's how we were brought up. That's still our mentality and we have to shift it. I wanted to look up the word oppress because I felt like that word was being used a lot. And it says to keep in subservience or hardship, especially by the unjust exercise of authority. So I do understand that uh, mixed race people, light-skinned people and dark-skinned people deal with shit in the community. But to be oppressed means someone has authority. And I never felt like in our community, in our society, that black people ever had an authority to be at a place to oppress anybody. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Blue and yep. Jason, y'all can speak on this if you know more, because this is me literally just looking it up. No, that's like actually words, academically accurate. That's academically yeah, like the accurate words, damage. Yeah, also being used in the wrong context. It's like, every, you know, all types of people are oppressed. You know, black people oppress light-skinned people. And it's like, no, um, do dark-skinned people maybe treat people a certain type of way. Yeah. But the word oppress, like we gotta, we gotta really put things back into real context. Dark skinned people don't oppress light skinned people. Light skinned people don't oppress dark skinned people. Like that's not happening here. That's not what's happening. And I, I love that you said that because if oppression is systemic. If there's a perception that you're dark skinned and you're oppressed because a light skinned person who's closer to white is getting privilege over you, that's not that light skinned person's problem. I mean, uh, uh, um, they didn't that's not the causation of your oppression that's still white people thinking yep. that it, to them that it's more acceptable that your proximity that was another word blue used to whiteness was uh better than than yours and so to to make that the light-skinned person's problem because you know you know there was always that joke of you know black of the berry the sweet of the juice well, what juice are you drinking because my juice is sweet as fuck now that ain't because i'm gay either so i don't need no gay jokes in the comments but my point is Black of the berries, the sweet of the juice, or light skins in, uh, you know, or light skin versus dark skin when it comes to light skin men are back in. Nah, black people, we're always going to be in, whether you're light or you're dark. And, you know, I look at Amber Rose. When we were in that mixed uh, with black room on Clubhouse, I look at her and I'm like, damn, some people will say to her, you ain't even black. Or Mariah Carey. I remember when she used to go through that, you ain't black. We're, we're, you know, light skin people are always told you're not black enough. On this show, I think I said on Revolt, I have dimmed my light when it comes to being pro-black in public or being pro-pro-black all the time when I started this company, uh, when I started this show. Why? Because I always knew that if I did that, I was going to 
create a conversation that would distract people from where I want to take us. So what do I do? I just keep showing up as a black employer, a black content creator, a black man in tech, and I keep contributing what I can, knowing that I'm not perfect. But I will tell you, Kiki, I understand what you were saying and I understand how you feel. I didn't think it was the right time or place for that. Milan, I told you this privately on Beagle and I'm going to tell you on my show. I thought the way you handled that was uh, very, very good. Uh, you could have taken that in a whole other direction. And I felt that you allowed her space to put her foot in her mouth and now she's cleaning it up and that's great. And I'm glad that she's getting it off. And so I like the way that Milan handled that. And I wish that uh, they could come back together in an environment that can unpack this in a way that's safe. And um, I'm sure she doesn't want to talk about it anymore because anytime you get caught up in a colorism conversation, you want to get the fuck out because I've been there too. Uh, so I'm sure she's over it. But um, yeah, there was a lot that happened in that for me. And I just um, I just hope that we as a people, if you're hearing this, you know, uh, you know, get to a better place. You know, one more thing I want to say, because I often get, they often say, oh, you're always bringing down the black woman. Listen, I talk about black people at Hollywood a lot more than I talk anybody else. Because I've liked the Kardashian doesn't mean because I think Megan Thee Stallion is full of shit, that it's because she's the color of her skin. Maybe I just think she's full of shit. If I think that Kim Kardashian is, is beautiful, I can also think that Grace Jones is beautiful. All of us are not singular in terms of our, our focus in the world. Some of us have a superpower called a brain. And some of us think bigger than you do. And some of you are just fucking dumb. And I get it. And you can be dumb. And I don't argue with dumb people. And you're going to die dumb. And then your kids are going to be fucking dumb. And your family reunion, everybody that comes to that and eats the fucking um, uh, uh, pies, wow. they're going to be fucking dumb. Because your parents were dumb. And you just come from a dumb ass lineage of dumb people. But that doesn't mean that I don't have to start being a little bit more responsible because like, I don't talk about the niggas that I like anymore because why? Cause you bitches can't handle it. But when you see me at the mall holding hands, if that motherfucker's light skin and Dominican, I'm fucking the shit out of him and I love his light skin ass. And if you see me with a dark nigga from the Sudan, I'm fucking him too. And that's none of your business either. And that is on Mary Had a Little Lamb. I just want to just underscore one last thing personally that to Damage's point earlier, Systemic oppression and being personally bullied are not the same thing. Please stop comparing your personal childhood horror stories to systemic oppression. They're not yes. the same. Please stop doing that. And that happens a lot. That happens dumb, a whole and lot. Dumb, and, if you're, and if you're dumbass, don't know the difference, stop talking to your dumbass friends and get off the dumbass internet and go read a dumbass book. Dumbass. All right. Well, another dumbass that's in the news is Danny Lay girl. I'm so sick of the yellow bird being in the news. Every time I look up at the teleprompter, or I look at my notes, I see Danny Lay. All I think about is the little yellow bird from Snoopy. Well, she's mad because she's being oppressed by the baby fan. I'm gonna say the baby fan. She's being oppressed wow. by the baby's fans because she's getting a lot of backlash after that song, Yellow Bone. You know, Danny and the baby, they broke up. You know, he left her, but guess what, baby? I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. He not he didn't stick up for you. He's not going to lose all his fans over some pussy that he has in 2021. Bitch, the pandemic is about to be over. The baby about to run through, 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 the, through the island. He's going to run through the Europe. He's going to run through the mall. He's going to run through the pussy that's waiting for him when they see him outside. So why did you think that he was going to be there for you? Now, look, this is the post breakup post. Of course, everybody has to do this. Officially single. 
Guess what? <laughs> Nobody fucking cares. No we yellow didn't. bird cares. No black bone cares. I bet you his baby mama's over there throwing a potluck. Either way, you look like a goddamn bird, a yellow bird on top of that. Now, the, now the baby. Now you're gonna have to back the fuck up. Now I'm gonna tell you, I ain't gonna talk too much shit because you be slapping people. But look, you stay <laughs> off my girl India loves uh, uh, Instagram. Going on her Instagram. This is what he did. I'm gonna show you the little messy shit. This is what niggas do. She's dancing, whipping her hair back and forth like Willow used to when she had hair. She, uh, he, he went on there. And he said, this TikTok is a masterpiece. Now, look, I know India Love. That's her type. <laughs> so if we see that yellow bone on his black ass arm, let's call it a bridge for colorism. Y'all, hey. I'm sorry, but the part that is, first of all, I think his mother's behind this. I think his mama called him like, you know damn well you can't bring her home after all that mess. I think Mimi's group chat is lit as hell right now and all her homegirls are cackling their asses off. I also think the way that he broke up with her is so savage. He didn't just dump her. If you look at that screenshot, under India Love, it says, anybody who can reenact this, I'll fly them out for Valentine's Day. He's publicly auditioning her replacement. That Hold post on. is a public audition. <laughs> Let me call India Love right now and ask her if she's um, dating him. Hold on. No, I ain't going to do her like that on the show. That is embarrassing. If you dump me, don't put a, a post that says anybody who can reenact this video of another girl is going to get flued out on Saturday. So but, she got but, she didn't but, just get but, dumped. She got dragged. But hold on a minute. You don't think she knew she was dating a fuck boy after the way he but, let her do his baby mama? Like, he co-signed the bullshit by putting the yellow birds on the post. So he supported the fact that she was taking a jab, a colorism crossbow, and shooting his baby mama between the eyes, publicly humiliating her beautiful black ass. Now, she put out that shitty song. Mimi, you know goddamn well you don't have no business doing no fucking music. Go back to the hair salon or wherever you come from. Either way, I don't know why Danny Lay didn't know this would happen to her. And, and, and India, now I'm talking to you through this shit and on this shit. And I'm going to talk to you on this shit later. But I have to tell you, you dated that one nigga, Wes. He was a rapper. Wes, what's his name? Huh? Sheck, Sheck West. And and that nigga did you dirty. He was he was sexy as fuck, black as shit. <clears throat> but you know, but there's a like that nigga's black as shit, and so is Sergi Baca. But Sergi Baca's a different type of nigga. He he might do something to make you mad in private and you know put you away like Carrie Hilson. But either way, what, what Sheck did, I think, was a little bit more disrespectful out of the line, allegedly. Now, India, I know you like this type of nigga. I'm talking to your mom now because she loves me. Do not let it happen. Now, Danny, of course, is having to defend herself against the oppression by the baby's fans because the critics or the oppressors are weaponizing her song's controversial lyrics as they sarcastically blast her in the comments asking, so Yellowbone is not what he want? One fan, one fan, <laughs> one fan said, so Yellowbone is not what he want. And she said, is this y'all is this all y'all gonna say and for how long? Come up with something new for real or just get off my page. Danny, you fucked that's up. That's it. I have to ride this one out. Sorry, boo. But no, that's Fucking it. First, everybody's seen this ending. That's what I think that's why this song was so funny to me. Cause like you like we all seen that he was gonna move on. I feel like she was the only person that didn't peep that he's only gonna be dealing with you for a little while. And I feel like somebody in his camp was like, bruh, this is a bad move. 
you need to keep her pushing. And that's exactly what he did. He co-signed her to make the damn song and was out. Smooth criminal. The baby's a savage. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. offensive. Go ahead. Wait, let me, let me move on. I'm going to tell you who else, who else has moved on, and that's Aaliyah Taylor. Now, I know some of you may not even know who this is, but I'm going to put up her photo while I talk over it. This woman was dating a man mm. named Chad Wheeler, and he's a football player. Apparently, he used to play football in the NFL. Chad Wheeler uh, brutally attacked this girl, damn near killing her. And so he's been charged with first domestic, first degree domestic violence assault and is pleaded not guilty to choking her and assaulting her. And so even though that's out there, I'm going to put this photo up again for those of you watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the stream, you're going to have to go to YouTube to watch this. Now, this is a photo that I want to let sit for a minute because you remember we saw these same photos when Rihanna was beaten and it, and it provided a lot of color to what a lot of women go through at the hands of these celebrity men or just men in general. And so now she's speaking out. This woman, Aaliyah, is speaking out on the attack, uh, saying how he meant to kill her. And and he he did this with Gail King. Now, I'm not going to show it here because we will get flagged. But I will tell you that you should go and see the video if you if you have a moment, because it is really telling. And there's so many women going through this right now privately that watch this show that have a man that has decided that he wants to exert his testosterone or his 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 uh, dominance over you by beating the shit out of you, and you deserve better. So, uh, Damage Blue, have you guys seen these photos, and have you heard the story online? Yeah, I actually had to cover the story pretty extensively from when it first happened, and I think there's a couple of things at play that disturb me. Number one, this is this big white man who is six foot seven. And she's about mm -hmm. five four. He weighs three hundred pounds. She was about a buck fifty, right? He's white. She's black. He walked up to her and said, "Bow to me," and she said, "No." And then he choked her until he thought she died. She runs to the bathroom, calls his dad, and says, "He's trying to kill me." He goes to make a sandwich, and when his dad calls and says, "Are you trying to kill your girlfriend?" He's like, "Nah, I'm not." And then goes to check on her, and is like, "Oh snap, you're still alive. I thought you were dead." So this was callous. They found her in the bathroom, covered in blood crying. And then he went on social media and admitted that he did it and said it was a manic episode. He admitted this on social media, but then went to court and pled not guilty. Make this make sense for me, y'all. Make this make well, sense. I, I can tell you, one thing he's probably going to do is he's going to plead not guilty to the charge, and then he may have a reason for what happened and say that he had this manic episode or was somehow a, 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 a passionate moment or whatever he's going to say. Either way, I don't understand why. First of all, I don't understand how it gets to this. Now, I don't believe this is the first time you beat her. This has to have been mm. a progressive thing that she stayed in, right? The, the relationship that she stayed in that was not healthy. And and I, I don't understand why women stay in abusive relationships that are healthy, uh, damaged. Do you know any women that have been in abusive relationships or have told you why they say? Absolutely. Um, and I can't speak for them, but I know a lot of it, you know, they just feel, you feel trapped. You feel like you're in love. You feel like it's not as bad. And that's why I don't want to say I like seeing images like this because this is terrible, but hopefully there's other women that's in this situation that see those photos and be like, I don't want that to be me. You know, he almost killed her. The situation I'm in could probably kill me. And I feel like her, you know, even speaking out about this is, you know, so much bravery on her part. And as far as him, they said it took three officers to almost hold him down. That's how big he was, where it was three of them over 500 pounds worth of officers, and he was moving them like it was nothing. So the fact that this man put hands on this woman in any right is already a crime, right? So 
this is crazy. And also, I do believe that he wants to own up to it. But the white privilege of the world, he gets a lawyer that's going, no, I can get you off of this. You know what I'm saying? So maybe in his heart, he knows he's wrong. But now you got a lawyer and, and a whole a whole system of people telling you, no, we can get you off. And this is shut up. And this is what you're going to say. This is the plea. Well, the white, bipolar too, all, so. the, white, the white privilege of it all is that George Floyd had three officers on him and they killed him and he's still alive to live another day. But that's, mm. you know, for the Internet to, to, to consider. Uh, I just want to say this. If you are a woman and I had a sister who one of my sisters, she used to get beaten by the father of her child, her first child. And I remember it took all of us intervening in a very physical way to be able to make sure that he was out of her life forever. And he, I remember he broke her finger and that's how we knew that she was, she was hurting. He broke her finger while she was pregnant. I want to put up a number really quick. This is how you can get help. For those of you that are watching the domestic, uh, the, the national domestic violence hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Please make sure you're getting the help that you need so you can escape. Uh, because uh, this could end up in a different way. This woman, Aaliyah Taylor, could not be here today. And many women do die. You know, many men die uh, from uh, domestic mm -hmm. violence. My grandfather was beaten by my grandmother very, very abusively until she passed away. Uh, and God rest her evil soul. So listen, it's not just for women. It's for men as well. And those of you that are in gay, you know, LGBTQ plus relationships, your partner, if you are in a relationship and that person is beating on you, please call that number again and get help. Look, I'm, uh, I don't know what else to say. I, I want to end with saying that's why Mary had a little lamb, but I've said it so much that people are asking me if I'm going to do what I did to Kaya and go trademark it. If it's available, I just might do it. Uh, but yeah, uh, everybody, I hope you guys watch this and that you're sharing, commenting, liking, and making sure that you're hitting that bell so that way you get all our videos. And if you're on the app listening, bitch, give us a fucking five-star rating, ho, because we're here just for you. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, I want to also say something else to all of the homosexuals out there oh. and those uh, uh, women who love us dearly. <laughs> we have a show on Clubhouse called Clubhouse Unlocked, and it's with me, Funky Dineva, T.S. Madison, and Armand Wiggins. Kelvin, who produces Gagging, also produces that show. It is wildly hilarious. We've been getting up to 3,000 people in the room at a time. We had That's Tiffany cool. Haddish, uh, Amber Rose, Damon uh, John from Shark Tank, and Benny from uh, Jersey Shore pop in the other night. It's fucking crazy lit. Go over there, watch it. If you don't have a, a Clubhouse account and can't find an invite, bitch, I don't know. They on eBay. Go check it out. But until then, we're out of here. Bye. Bye. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.